President Trump thinks the Nunes memo could help discredit the Russia probe, so now that he's read it, when will he release it? And was the Deputy Attorney General asked about his loyalty to the President? This is the State of America Tonight. The memo going to the White House is different from the one that was approved by the committee. The only thing I was aware were making some grammatical changes. It doesn't even really matter how big the changes were. This is very serious stuff. The president inappropriately, immorally, and in fact perhaps illegally pressed Rod Rosenstein whether he is on his team or not. Congressman, nobody's asked me to take a loyalty pledge. Special Counsel Mueller training his sights on White House Communications Director Hope Hicks. I don't think Hope Hicks is the issue here. The issue is the president of the United States. Hello, everyone. I'm Kirsten Powers, live in New York. This is State of America Tonight. Stunning developments as the battle over that Republican memo heats up. The White House now worried that FBI Director for Christopher Wray may quit amid news that the president could release the report as early as today. CNN has learned that the president is telling those close to him that he feels the memo could discredit the Russia probes. The White House says the memo is being released is solely about the facts. Listen. I don't think politics is going into this process. We're concerned about national security and transparency. But for one, one Democrat, the president's intentions are clear. It was our assumption all along that uh, their path here was to discredit the Mueller investigation. All of that as the man behind the memo, Republican Congressman and Trump ally Devin Nunes, is now accused by his fellow Intel committee members of altering the controversial memo. This is not about the facts. This is about a narrative that the chairman wants to put out, a misleading narrative, uh, to undermine the FBI, undermine the department, and ultimately undermine Bob Mueller. We're covering this story from all sides. Joining me now is CNN Justice Correspondent Evan Perez, CNN White House reporter Caitlin Collins, and CNN National Security Analyst Sean Turner. Welcome, everybody. Uh, Evan, let's just start with you. Uh, you have reported that the White House is worried that the FBI director, Chris Ray may quit if the memo is released. Uh, can you tell us more? Well, that's right. I think that's their concern because of the frustration that they're hearing from Chris Ray. Look, Chris Ray is the president's pick to run the FBI. The, he's uh, basically been picked to help turn around the FBI, at least in the view of Republicans and uh, the, the, this White House. And yet he's not being listened to when he says that this memo is inaccurate, that there are omissions of fact that make this memo inaccurate. And so he believes uh, that he's not essentially he's being ignored and in fact being cast as uh, so, sort of partisan in this entire fight between Republicans and the Justice Department and the FBI. So uh, I think that frustration has now gotten folks at the White House uh, a little concerned that maybe we're looking at another situation where uh, a, a, uh, the senior, uh, somebody at the FBI, the leader of the FBI, uh, might have to quit uh, to sort of make his point. Now, we're, we're told uh, by people close to the, the, the conversations that Chris Ray has actually not uh, said those words. He's not threatened to resign, but he has certainly made his frustrations clear because he believes that he's not being listened to, Kristen. Right. And Caitlin, um, CNN's reporting that the president's read the memo. Do we know anything more about what he's thinking right now? Well, we're learning a lot about the president's mindset here, Kirsten, and why he wants this memo 
out there so badly, and that's because, as the CNN White House team reported earlier today, the president believes that once this memo is publicly released, that it can help discredit the Russia investigation because, as the president has been telling his allies and his friends, he believes that revealing this memo to the public will expose bias among the top ranks at the FBI and therefore show that these investigations were prejudiced against him since the beginning. Now, that sheds a lot of daylight on why the president has been just so eager to get this memo out there because, as you know, after the State of the Union address on Tuesday night, the president was overheard telling a congressman that he will 100% release this memo, even though at that time the White House was maintaining that he had not even read the memo yet. Now, today we are learning that the president has read the memo. It's looking like it will be released tomorrow morning, according to White House officials and what they're telling the CNN White House team. But back to the president's frustration, we're also learning that he's very upset with the FBI after they released that very critical, harsh statement yesterday condemning the release of this memo. And it's worth noting, as Evan just pointed out, the FBI is led by someone who the president handpicked last year. So certainly a lot of disagreement between the White House and the FBI over the release of this memo here. Right. And Sean, um, the White House is denying that the you know president told friends last night that he's thinks the memo is going to discredit him. But where CNN is reporting otherwise. And just what what does that mean? Can you put that in perspective? Like, how would that affect the investigation if the president did that? Yeah, well, I, I think it's it's uh, it's extremely troubling. It obviously it begs the question if those if the reporting is true that he's telling people that it begs the question why the president would want to do anything to discredit this this memo. I, I think that uh, a, a lot of people across this country really want to see the president focus on governing, and and I and I think that uh, in order to do that. What the president really should do and what his team should do is they should be advocates for seeing this investigation through and, and not doing anything to interfere with the investigation. And I certainly think that the release of this memo and all the discussion around this memo uh, necessarily interferes with the investigative process. Uh, so if, if, the pres- if, if, if what the president is, president is saying is that this will, will somehow discredit that process, then I think that for any ob- objective person who wants to get to the bottom of this and find out what happened in this assault on our on our uh, electoral process, uh, that should be extremely concerning to them. Yeah, and Evan, it seems like the president doesn't see it that way. He sort of is looking for people to pledge loyalty to him, and CNN's reported that during a December visit to the White House that Trump asked his deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein, if he was, quote, on his team and also asked him for an update on the investigation, which is kind of shocking behavior, right? Right. It's not normal. And look, we've kind of gotten used to uh, a year into the Trump presidency. We've sort of almost uh, raised the bar on on when to think that something is completely, extremely uh, abnormal for us to have to call it out. But it, this is just not normal. The, 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 the uh, Deputy Attorney General, Rod Rosenstein, is the one who oversees Robert Mueller's investigation. And he's the one uh, that, fr- frankly, this kind of conversation should never occur because, uh, you know, as the person who's overseeing the investigation, he can't talk about it. He can't provide the president any kind of update, uh, especially because it has to do with his campaign. Uh, and we know that they're part of part of the investigation is looking at obstruction of justice. So again, all of those for all of those reasons, it's such a bad idea. And I know that the president is a, biz, a former business owner or a, or a businessman, uh, and he believes that he sort of came in as a disruptor, and he wants to have conversations and, and speak in ways that we're not used to. But this 
crosses a line that should just never be crossed. Right. And um, there's just so many moving pieces right now, Caitlin. I think a lot of people are wondering in terms of the process, what's going to happen next? We know the FBI is asked to have some information redacted uh, and the White House has reportedly rejected any redactions uh, to conceal information that might be embarrassing to the agency. So where does that stand and what happens next? Yeah, they have rejected those requests, but they have approved some of the redactions that they believe are made on national security grounds. But you're right. There have been requests made by the FBI and the Department of Justice, but the White House says they're not agreeing to those redactions because they believe that they only want that information redacted because it looks poorly on the DOJ and on the FBI. But that's where we are right now as far as those redactions. And what we're looking at right now is a release date as of tomorrow morning at the earliest. And I just want to quit. We only just have about another minute yet. But quickly, Evan, I just want to talk about this Hope Hicks news, which is she's, you know, a a close advisor to the president. We have this report in The New York Times that she may have reportedly tried to obstruct justice. She vigorously denies that. Uh, what, What can you tell us about that? Well, we know that the, there were these conversations that were happening uh, with people, uh, with Mark Corrala, who was uh, a, a spokesman for the president's legal team, and Hope Hicks, who was on the plane with the president, and they were trying to work on language which was going to be attributed to uh, Donald Trump Jr. The problem here is that Hope Hicks already went in for her interview with Robert Mueller. We don't know what she said about this episode, if she did, uh, but if uh, this wasn't covered, uh, we certainly expect that she would probably be called back. And of course, Mark Corrallo is due to go provide his interview to the special counsel in the next couple of weeks. Right. And, and Sean, what, how explosive is this, this, this story in The New York Times? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, I think there have been a lot of times over the past year where we, we thought that there was something that uh, would uh, w- would be extremely explosive and uh, they've gone, those things have gone away. But I think this is different. Uh, you know, if if it were the case that Hope Hicks felt a need to make this statement, that necessarily tells us that that uh, the person that she was saying it to reportedly uh, uh, Donald Trump Jr., uh, was keenly aware that there was some communication there that would be problematic in, related to the Russia investigation, and he was concerned about not having that information get out into the, the public sphere. Uh, and if that's the case, you know, I, I, I don't know that there's a more clear and yeah. a, a direct representation of, of uh, obstruction of justice. All right. Thank you very much. Very insightful and helpful. Um, coming up next, why President Trump may want that memo to go public What that means for the special prosecutor, the panel is next. A four-page memo is now at the White House and at the center of a clash between Republicans and Democrats, the Trump administration, and law enforcement. The panel tonight, Kermine Jean-Pierre, a senior advisor for MoveOn.org and a former Obama administration official, Scott Jennings, CNN political commentator and a former special assistant to President Bush, and Paris Denard, CNN political commentator and a member of the advisory board to re-elect Donald Trump, David Swerdlick, CNN political commentator and an assistant editor at The Washington Post. Thank you, everybody, for being here today. There are so many moving pieces. David, I love having you on because you give such a good perspective on everything. What, what, What do you make of all of this breaking news that we have about what's going on with the memo and with Hope Hicks and, you know, sort of try to explain to our international audience what's going on here? 
Exactly. So the White House is in this sort of tussle with its own agency, right? The Department of Justice and the FBI, which ultimately report up to the president. Uh, the agencies don't want the, the White House to release a memo that was handed off to them by Congressman Nunez, the, the, uh, Nunes, the uh, chair of the intelligence, the Republican chair of the Intelligence Committee. In the narrower picture, in the short term, if this memo comes out and if it says what has been reported out, that there were some inconsistencies in the way the FBI handled, this is the Republican version of events, the way the FBI handled the Clinton investigation, it's going to potentially allow the White House to cast aspersions on the FBI and say that their investigatory process is tainted with respect to President Trump. In the mm -hmm. bigger picture, Kirsten, I don't think it's going to ultimately make that much difference because mm -hmm. nothing that has been reported out about this memo answers any of the questions that ultimately Special Prosecutor Mueller is trying to get at. Why were people in President Trump's inner circle meeting with Russians? Why was General Flynn meeting with Ambassador Kislyak? Uh, why has President Trump taken a non-traditional approach to, in his statements and actions vis-a-vis -vis Russia? And so that, even if we go through this muddied water period, is still going to be the fundamental question. And Paris, you're you're close to the Trump White House. I'm wondering uh, what's the feeling over there with this news uh, breaking in the New York Times about Hope Hicks, uh, which obviously she's pushing back a lot against. But, you know, there are accusations that she may have tried to obstruct justice. We have reports also that the FBI director may, is threatening to quit if uh, or he may quit. He's not threatening to quit, but he may quit if the memo is released. What what do, what's the feeling at the White House? Well, from, from the persons that I've talked to, they are just trying to remain focused on what they've been asked to do by the president, which is serve the country. And so a lot of these things are, uh, in, in their minds and the minds of people who are supporting the administration, uh, distractions. Uh, when, when you talk about the Hope Hicks angle and, and trying to add to um, the, the substance of what is essentially this memo, which is why a lot of people on the Republican side want it released, because if you want transparency and if you want to have a full system of justice, you cannot just look at what did or did not happen with the Trump campaign if some impropriety took place between the Department of Justice uh, as it relates to uh, Secretary Clinton and her campaign, it should also be uh, looked into. And it goes into a deeper narrative or a question, I should say, of do we have the best and the brightest in the Department of Justice doing things in an honest way? And if there's any impropriety related to the Clintons or any showing that they're doing things differently and there's bias against the Trump campaign, it's, it suggests that you cannot trust what's happening because it seems like it is a witch hunt and politically motivated rather than in the motivation of justice. And Scott, do you agree with this sort of broadside against the FBI that we just heard from Paris and we've also been hearing from the administration? Well, I do think it's okay to push for transparency, and I do think it's okay for the White House to want to get information out there, but the smarter way to do it here, in my opinion, would be to say, if you're going to do the Nunez memo, also do it at the same time as the other memo that is floating around that congressional committee. I think for the White House, yeah. that would show greater confidence in the information that's presented in the Nunez memo. By releasing the Nunez memo without anything else, you're maybe saying to the general public, well, we want you to see this, but we're hiding the ball in another area. So I think if the White House and the Republicans have confidence in what Nunez has written down, then they should go ahead and ask for full transparency, get both documents and supporting documents out there. And that would probably, in the long run, strengthen their argument. Corrine, I'm interested to know what you think about this. 
Yeah, I mean, I, Scott and I don't normally agree uh, on things, but I agree with him. I think if, if you're going to put that Nunes memo out, and if he's talking about the other memo being the, the, the memo that Democrats have been pushing for, then yes, you release both of them. I, I think we have to step back for one moment and remember who Nunes is and what he did. He was supposed to recuse himself as chair of this committee because of what he did months ago um, in the middle of the night going into the White House and the, 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 his whole story about having information about Obama unmasking, which was which was proven to be false. And so he's not supposed to be involved in this at all when it comes to the Russia investigation, but he is. And what he's doing is he's creating kind of this path to give Donald Trump a cover, a cover-up to help him obstruct. And that's incredibly unprecedented. I know we use that word a lot in 2016, but it's coming back for 2018 because it is unprecedented what's happening. They're creating a space where the FBI is being attacked, where there's a cover-up for Donald Trump. And of course Donald Trump is going to release this memo because he knows it's going to help him because the memo is all about how can he discredit this investigation on him, his family, and some of his top aides. Yeah, I mean, I think... David, I, I mean, I, I, we only have about, probably about 30 seconds of that. Okay. Um, I was interested in you to weigh in on this. I mean, the idea that the Democratic memo should be released, I thought it was bad to release these memos. I mean, should any of these memos be released? Well, I agree with Scott and Kareem that if you're going to release one, you should release both and get the Democrat and the Republican side of the story. Um, the one reason the FBI has pushed back is because they say there's classified information in there. Um, it, it, you should release them, I think. As a journalist, I like more information than less if there's a bombshell in there. If this is just warmed over information that's been reported out in drips and drabs over the last year and a half, then no, because then it suggests that what the White House and Chairman Nunes are trying to do is is what so many people think they are trying to do, which is change the story from not what did the president know and when did he know it, but what did the FBI know and when did they know it. And But if it's mostly stuff that we've sort of been talking about for the last year, then I think ultimately they're going to wind up over-promising this to the president's core supporters. And once we get past it, again, it's going to get back to this question of the relationship between members of the president's circle and Russia. Right. All right. Everybody stay right there. Coming up, the FBI agent skewered by the White House for being, quote, anti-Donald Trump may actually have played a part in Hillary Clinton's loss. More on that mystery after the break. the fact that um, the lead agent in this uh, Russia investigation was removed from the case yeah. specifically for political bias, Peter Strzok. The he big. was showing and political bias, Chris, which is something you refuse to admit. And he would show the viewers exactly those text messages which led to his removal. He said, he, he specifically st yeah. stated anti-Donald Trump bias and yes. pro-Hillary Clinton bias. That was Deputy White House Press Secretary Raj Shah just a few days ago, but he might want to eat his words because emails obtained by CNN put a big wrinkle on that theory of anti-Trump bias. The emails show Peter Strzok actually played a key role in the drafting of the letter to Congress that announced the FBI's probe into Hillary Clinton's emails, an event some say doomed her on election day. So let's get back to the panel. Um, Paris, this is a little bit of a narrative killer, don't you think? 
No, I don't think it's a narrative killer. Just because one person, uh, you can say he did his job as the evidence was presented to him and, and, and drafted the memo, doesn't mean that the other uh, incidents could, not have occur, uh, had a, ha, could have occurred because bias can show its way uh, one day and can be masked or hidden another day. So, But David, he didn't, just, he didn't just draft the memo. He was an enthusiastic supporter of investigating Hillary Clinton. That doesn't sound like somebody, I mean, the White House has basically been arguing that he is anti-Trump and pro-Hillary Clinton, right? Was that for David or Paris? For David. Oh, yeah. So, right. I mean, look, it, here's the thing. Uh, I think if, if it, the narrative had been that Strzok had sat on these uh, emails or this invest this updated investigation of the Clinton emails for three months or six months, he would have had a, a problem now with this revelation. But when you combine the fact that he was basically potentially sitting on them for three or four weeks, that these emails have come out, that CNN has reported out, that he essentially was part of the drafting of the memo that ultimately released these memo, these uh, emails to the public and that he helped Comey put out there that the FBI was reopening the investigation. As we know, Clinton ultimately lost the election, and many people think one of the reasons she lost was because of the reopening of this this uh, this uh, investigation. It is very, it's going to be very hard, I think. It is a narrative killer to say that uh, Strzok's political leanings or his wife's political leanings played a major role in this. Look, people at the Justice Department had tough calls to make. We'll learn more about exactly where uh, where Strzok was, where McCabe was. But the idea that, uh, you know, this ultimately demonstrates a bias against Trump, I think, is, is a little bit undercooked. Green, obviously Democrats had a lot of problems with the FBI. I'm not saying that they never do anything wrong, um, but it does seem like this was a real you know, narrative that this FBI, former FBI agent and uh, the person he was having an affair with sort of were you know, plotting against Donald Trump. And the, the, tech, you know, the information that we're getting now really shows that that's not the case. Right. And I think here the difference is, because I know that Republicans like to say Democrats did the same thing in 2016. I think the big difference is, is you have the president of the United States, Donald Trump, who's interfering and trying to end an investigation on him and his family and his top aides, as I mentioned earlier. I think that's the difference when you have someone who is sitting in the Oval Office who's reaching out to, to the FBI, to Comey, as we saw, ask, as, as he's, uh, Comey saying that he wanted a loyalty test, asking Sessions to not recuse himself, to fire McCabe, firing the acting uh, attorney general very early on because of the Russia, because of the Russia uh, investigation and Flynn. And so this is what's happening. I mean, this is, it it's really comes down to the person sitting behind the resolute desk in the Oval Office, which is Donald Trump, who's trying to obstruct, who seems to have obstruct. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Scott, what's, what's your take on this? Because I do think we have to consider the possibility that there could be bias against anybody, really, right? I mean, the FBI is not a perfect organization. It's filled with people. People make mistakes or do bad things. Uh, but the way the president is approaching it just doesn't seem like the right process, even if that was the case. Well, I think what we're exploring here is the issue of judgment. Whether somebody had bias against somebody else, we have to find out because objectively speaking, if you look at some of these text messages and email exchanges and some of the information that's come out, it does look strange to the American people. But as in most cases, transparency and sunshine are going to bring great clarity to the entire situation. If I'm the Department of Justice, if I'm Robert Mueller, at the end of the day, if I'm gonna to continue to indict people near Donald Trump, if I'm gonna go after the president himself, 
He has to have the American people believing that good judgment was used by the people that were working on this investigation. That's why, ultimately, I think he and his team are going to need to go before Congress and answer every possible question. Because if they don't have the American people believing they did a good, thorough judgment uh, good, a job with using good judgment, then this investigation is going to look weird to a large percentage of the American people. Kirsten, okay, can thank I ask you, everybody. I'm sorry, we're out. Unfortunately, we're out of time, okay. but thanks, guys. I know it's a super busy day, and everyone has a lot to say. Uh, thanks again. This is day 378 of President Trump's administration, and that's the state of America tonight. Check out our podcast, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.